podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty, but they like to talk about Cardiff City. It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny and not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny. View from the ninny is proudly sponsored by Cardiff Classic Shirts. That's vintage football and rugby shirts sold and bought with cash paid. You can find them downstairs inside the pumping station Antiques House on Panarth Road, 11 till 3, Wednesday to Sunday, excluding Cardiff City match days. Here at View from the Ninian, we've brought a number of shirts from Cardiff Classic Shirts and we can vouch for their quality and price. That's Cardiff Classic Shirts inside the pumping station Antiques House on Panarth Road, 11 till 3, Wednesday to Sunday, excluding Cardiff City match days. It's the meltdown episode of The View from the Ninian as Cardiff City Twitter has descended into chaos off the back of a 3-0 loss to Leeds, which everyone probably expected. Um, it is what it is. It's the dead of winter. We need something to entertain ourselves. Joining me, as usual, well, not as usual, for the first time in a few weeks, the whole gang's back together. Ben Price, Tom Phillips. Ben Price, how's your eyebrow? Eyebrow's fine. Um, just want to sort of, I may as well come back to it now, saying just before we started, the bullying comments from last week has made me... Con- Sure, I've had to put my name back down for the alternative Wales game on Sunday. So if you're in Merthyr, um, Pendaran Park, 3.30 kickoff, get down there and watch me possibly get torn to shreds by Angle Rangel before my face erupts again. Tell you what you should do, though. You should take the opportunity uh, with your eyebrow to headbutt Angle I'm not. I don't know why I'm condoning that on the podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, cheers, cheers for doing this thing. Game. This is a wonderful <laughs> cause, but Ben James said it'd be funny if I headbutted you because your head might bleed and my face definitely will. Just and I'll just be like I'll be at home going. I'm sure bed price. Um, Tom, any any um, X onesie players you want to headbutt? Uh, no comment. Lee Trundle, yeah. No, I, I, I don't hate him as much as he's, I look at him. Nice, I, nice, I, I find him quite fun. Like, yeah, he's one of those ones. And if he's part of, part of your club, you'd love. But yeah, it's just I look at him and kind of go, oh, you are a little bit irritated, but I get it. Uh, any eyebrow injuries to report? Nothing, nothing my end, thankfully. Good. Really good to know. Um, we've got the Leeds game to talk about, the mid-season Cardiff City meltdown that's seemingly going on at the moment, your Twitter questions, a small quiz, and then we'll look at Plymouth. Um, you'll be pleased to know, boys, that the quiz is very short this week. Um, and you can even team up on it if you want. Um, you'll be pleased to hear that. Uh, but let's talk about Leeds. Um, the hoodoo is officially over. Um, they beat us 3-0 uh, in a flat game at the CCS um, Ben um, we were talking off air about um, how it was a decent opening 13 minutes and it all went to shit is that pretty much your your view on the game yeah I think that's I'm amazed when I say it was that concise it wasn't in the BBC match report um, it just yeah started well and then nosedived like properly went off the edge bad I don't even know if it was like a good start or if it was just better than what it turned into thinking about it now was it just sort of the high that wasn't very high compared to the a very, very low low? It wasn't as bad as the preceding 77. <laughs> yeah, because, ah, oh, that weren't pretty, that. That was, like, as flat and depressing as it's been all season and possibly summer last season, to be honest. It felt very much in that sort of performance. Um, yeah, because, Tom, I was thinking... Midway through last season, we played them as a Premier League club uh, in the FA Cup. Uh, and we actually put in a pr- probably our best performance of the season against them. 
Yeah, but then we did follow it up by getting battered. We did that. We did do that, but I'm just talking um, about the first game because the the second game wouldn't have happened at this point. Yeah, that's I true. Know. I felt, but like I think it's an example of when you're playing a side like Leeds, you need to kind of like get in their faces. It's all about energy. It's all about you know challenging them. And like yeah. when you look at the reports from this game, you've got like reputable journalists using words like limp and meek and flat, and and it just kind of sums it up. It's you know. I think, like, you look at Leicester, we lost a home to them, but they were winning everywhere up to that point. Leeds aren't winning every game away from home. No, they're they're slipping up the against the Preston. They're slipping up against the likes of Rotherham. So put them under pressure early. And we just didn't do that. And we just we stood off them. We showed them far too much respect. And they punished us for it. And sometimes I'm like, oh, is it too simplistic to say, like, we didn't have energy, we're giving them too much respect. But I think it is simply that at the moment. Like, yeah. there's the types of games where... You know, if you build a bit of momentum early, the fans get with you as well. You know, you can build an atmosphere, but it turns so quickly because we offered nothing once again. Um, ben, let's talk about their first goal. Um, obviously, the game flipped on that moment. Um, I've watched it back a few times and I've tried to pinpoint each player who's made an error. Um, I've got Bowler, NG twice, Siopis twice, Gutas and McGuinness um, all effectively having opportunities to clear it. Collins did clear it. But our luck is so bad that it bounced back into the path of Bamford, who could just put it in. Um, I think it was Bamford who scored the first goal. Um, what a shit goal to concede. I, embarrassing. It was like proper Sunday league scrappy goal. It was just... It's just so poor from players that you expect more of as well. I think that's where the frustrations come come for me at this game, yeah. is Perry and G was shocker. Siopis, like was so bad, he was like subbed at half time. Uh Gutas McGuinness, normally like the most reliable pairing in the club, they were poor. Um if it wasn't for Almerk who genuinely was like the only person to come out of this with anything, maybe Rinamotra as well when he came on. Um yeah, it was just a shambles. And I think that goal summed it up beautifully. Just the amount of I've not seen air kicks like it. Just the amount of people <laughs> yeah. trying to kick where the ball was was just ridiculous. Like Sunville's good and Firpo's good, but like they they made him look like messy with like magical ball glue to his feet because they just kick him where it was five minutes ago. It was just embarrassing. Um, Tom, we, we've already mentioned him. He's being hauled up at half time, but Siopis um, just playing around with the ball too much for the second goal, wasn't he? Um, it's very unlike him not to do the simple thing, but he was just overthinking it when he should have cleared it, really, wasn't he? Yeah, it's crept into his game a little bit recently. It's not the first game it's been like this. I think, I'm, not, I'm not sure what it is. I, I think you can blame some of it on the fact he's probably surrounded by some average players at the moment as well with our lack of depth. Uh, but like, he's just not that player we saw at the beginning of the season where we thought it was an absolute steal. It's like, what the hell is he doing at this club? And yeah. then all of a sudden it's kind of like, oh yeah, it makes sense why he's here now. <laughs> and almost like, oh, I'm not sure if I'd start him. And it's just been a bit of a fall from grace for him, really. But I don't know. I don't know whether he's shattered. I don't know whether we need to just freshen it up a little bit. But I think the problem is at the moment, you know exactly what players are going to be in and around our starting eleven. They might swap a little bit back and forth, but we've got nothing to kind of freshen it up. So when someone like him has a couple of games where you could probably do with, you know, sitting it out, we haven't really got anyone to kind of fill in. Um, and we're getting punished at the moment because we're making the same mistakes week on week and we've been poor now for probably probably quite a bit over a month. 
Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, even the Sheffield Wednesday game we won before Christmas was a poor performance. We just managed to eke out a win at the end. QPR, we were okay, but that was probably the best performance we've had in the last month or so. Um, ben, obviously, scoreline ended up being 3-0, but it could have been worse. Um, they got a penalty. Um, I'm just going to try and insert some controversy into this. Do you think it was a penalty? I'm still not quite sure what it was for. I think McGuinness sort of jumped him, and again, I think it, I think, it we, I think we, we were playing on like a 30 second delay. I think that was yeah. part of the problem we had today uh, on sa- Saturday. Was just yeah, the players were just a bit behind everything, weren't they? So I think you just caught yeah. From what, from what I can see, it looks like McGuinness goes to kick the ball, but then sort of stops halfway through the kick, kind of catches him, but probably not enough for him to go down and act as injured as he was. But um, it just kind of summed up our day, didn't it, Ben? Yeah. I think it's, yeah, if you're going to summarise how bad of it was, it's that sort of moment. I think, to be honest, it sums up the game and it's entirely the fact of how poor that penalty was as well. It was a yeah. poor decision to give the penalty and it was a poor penalty. Because um, I, I didn't think Leeds were that good. I really didn't. I think we made them look so good. They didn't have to get out of second gear. Um, like Tom said, there was no energy from us at any point. And so if we didn't even protest like the penalty being given, that's how flat of the performance it was yeah. that we sort of just like, that's a penalty. Of course it is. Yeah, and just sort of just let it be. Um, Tom, before we talk about their third goal, we, we had some bright-ish moments. Um, there was a nice bit of play between Grant and Tanner. Tanner got shot off. There was a really nice run by Reno, um, Rinomoto, where he, um, lost of a better word, fluffed the final bit. Um, it's just a shame that we don't see more of that when we're playing the big teams, isn't it? Yeah, I think it's clutching a bit, isn't it, when we're looking at oh, I, those I am moments. Clutching. Oh, yeah, yeah. But... Um, I think that sums it up though is the fact that we're like kind of highlighting what for any other team would kind of be an average piece of play. You know, we're looking at a fluffed shot as the only kind of thing that pops up in our highlights reel. You know it's been a poor day of the office and but it's a poor day of the office. We've seen quite a bit at home this season. Um, but, you know, I think Renamota's done decent in the last couple of games to kind of put his hand up to be in and around that squad because there's not many other people doing that at the moment. Um, and he's probably like that the brightest spark we've had over the last couple of games. But like I said, if that's the brightest spark we've got, then we're in a little bit of trouble um, unless we kind of pull ourselves out of this form. It feels like Rinomoto's finally kind of getting to grips with bullet ball, isn't it? Um, isn't he? Sorry. Um, he kind of started the season a bit disjointed. He didn't have a great season last year. He was in and out of the team. But I think there's a player in there. And I think if we can get the best out of him, he could be a really good addition to the squad in the second half of the year because he wants to run at players. He wants to break lines when he gets the ball. Um, maybe he just needs a bit more composure when he gets through those lines. But I think he could be a really good person to keep around in the second half squad. Obviously, we'll talk about transfers in a bit. Ben, their final goal, their third goal, I think I've watched it again several times back. I think it kind of sums us up at the moment, really, doesn't it? A kind of disjointed wall of players, all of them trying to stop them scoring somehow, but none of them quite able to do it. There must have been six players in that box and he still managed to get through and score a goal. Yeah, it's... um. There's just no belief in the squad, is there? It's it's just no. There's a lot can be done from a lot of players. It's not previously we've sort of said in previous games at the start of the season it was individual mistakes costing us points. This was the exact opposite of that. Group it, was, effort. it was a team performance of just no effort, no desire to really pull it out, and that goal just nowhere near him, just flat, just a cluster of just people not performing finished us off listen all for one and one for all so you've got to praise them for that really that the team spirit's that good the spirit's but... there they're all like equally not trying fair play to them yeah um, Tom it's worrying isn't it I think 
you know, we talked about it already, but in the last month, there's been some really flat performances in there, but this was probably the flattest. Um, it, as we've already said, something just looked off. All of the players looked downtrodden. They looked beleaguered. Um, and it's quite worrying, isn't it, that that's, that's what's happening now. Yeah, if this carries on, for sure. I think it's weird because at times we looked quite like desperate in our defence, but without the energy and oomph being there. So it was something really weird to look at. It's like they're trying, but it's not really happening at the same time. Desperation and, is slow motion. Yeah. It's as so if they're going, no, but they're actually going, no, slow motion moving. Yeah, that's quite a visual thing you did there. Yeah, yeah it's much podcast, I, is it? Yeah, but fine. But no, and yeah, it sums it up nicely. I think it's not for like a lack of trying, but they don't seem to have the reserves to kind of put in the performance and put a shift in, it feels like. And I don't know, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether they're shattered. I don't know, but you shouldn't be, because people play 46 games in a season. That's not unheard of. But I don't know what it is at the moment. It's just, it's just not kind of clicking at the moment. I, 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 go on. Quite, you can't. No, you finish what you're going to say and I'll jump in. I can't remember now. Go on. Oh, I've ruined it. Um, I was looking on a transfer market uh, without the E, uh, the second E earlier today. And if you look at our, um, our players who are probably the most relied on defensively, Siopis, Collins, NG, McGuinness, Gutas, they've all played the most amount of football by about a hundred minutes. So, um, well, no, sorry. Yeah. By about 60 minutes. So Siopis has played 19, uh, 1,983 minutes. Um, Collins about 2,000 minutes, 2014 uh, 2,417 for Gutas. Gutas and McGuinness have played 27 games. NG, Collins, 25 games. Siopis, 25 games. Carl and Grant has played in 25 games. Um, Almwick has played in um, 27 games as well. Um, so our, our players that are being relied on the most for those defensive reserves, I don't think it's in 2,000 minutes, by the way. I don't know what the fuck I've just read. Um, but they've played the most minutes of everyone in the squad by some distance. And I think we're just seeing knackered footballers, aren't we? But like that's not unheard of though for centre backs and keepers and defensive midfielders. But there's like, no break to them though, is there? There's yeah, normally the same a for so many other teams. Well, though, isn't there? Yeah. I think we've not rotated that defence at all because Bullet's not believed in the players around him. The players that have sort of come in when they've had to, when he's been forced to rotate, haven't performed. You look at Romeo, uh, the yeah. dearly departed Jonathan Panzo, um, the racist. They've all come in sort of and. They've not put a stamp on it. They've not made a difference at all. And then in other options, such as like left back, there's no one there. I think that's the issue. It's, it's not a case of them playing like most defenders. Like you th- look, I think even the championship, the years we won the championship, like even when you think you've got a set partnership, there's still been times where under Warnock, it wasn't just a case of Morrison and um, Bamba the whole time. Those players came in and rotated around them as well. And we just haven't I, I, done that. I also just think the pressure's on them, isn't it? Because we're so reliant on them. Um, Sean Morrison played 39 games the year we got promoted um, Rolf Felcher um, everyone remembers Rolf he got two games in so um, there's your coverage lads there's he your cover two. he got two games well oh, no sorry two. he was in the squad twice squad sorry, for two, he, didn't, yeah. he didn't play I'm yeah. reading the wrong thing but um, yeah Sean Morrison played 39 games Manga played 38 games Sol Bamba played all 46 that's what I mean like it's not unheard of for defenders to, I, I think the problem is we're not scoring goals so then you highlight the defence. Like when it goes wrong, it goes terribly wrong because there's nothing that happened in the other end of the field. And so the problem is we're lacking the centre-backs to score the goals as well. To score the goals as well, exactly, right? So I think that it just kind of really hones in on the fact when there's defensive mistakes, when we haven't got any relief. 
and we're not holding the ball up well at top at the moment and just they're coming back at us and back at us so they're bound to score goals but you know we need to give those defenders a break I don't mean like take them off like something happened further up the pitch yeah. so they've got a, so it's not the pressure relentless. needs to relieve during the games because exactly it's, like, it's, it's, it's very Sunday league in that sense because like the re, you know Sunday league defenders concede a lot of goals because they're up against it for 90 minutes and they're shit like if you've got really good defenders they can be up against it for 90 minutes and they're going to break at some point no matter how good they are and you know Leeds could have scored five or six really um, when you yeah. watch it back they missed the penalty and even though Ben you might say they weren't that good they didn't have to be that good yeah. to make us look that bad and that's the worry at the moment isn't it and like we're not getting the breaks we haven't oh I know Chris has been busy and now I actually think that this is the time where we're going to get a break we've got Plymouth for the re- one game left for the rest of the month then we don't play again until February all of a sudden there is a bit of breathing space and you know we could talk about January now the meltdown's happening, I think, because we recognise as fans that we need to sign some players and it just doesn't seem to be happening at the moment. It's worse than that. We've gone backwards, haven't we? We're, we're, the squad less players all of a is thinner and weaker now than it was on the 1st of January and that's always... That's, that's not a good sign. When And like the club's had its hand stroke because like part of the embargo is, I think some people don't realise, the club can't discuss any transfer fee until midnight on the 1st of Jan, yeah. officially. Mm. Whatever stuff's happening in the background and stuff, you don't know. But by the book, they couldn't do anything until midnight on the 1st of Jan. So that puts them behind a little bit anyway. But it's not been good. And then for players to depart, and it's not unexpected players, but they have gone and we are weaker because of it, just as a squad for options. Let's talk about what I've dubbed the Cardiff City meltdown. Um, it's mid-January, January the 15th. We're exactly, well, 30 days of January. Basically halfway through the month. Um, I have to do my little rhyme then to remember how many days we've been covering. Um, obviously, the summer transfer window was a great, a roaring success, Tom, despite the embargo, despite everything that was going on. We signed lovely Aaron Ramsey back. Gutas Siopis came in. Um, we signed a lot of players on loan that we were really happy about. Some of those players have gone back, as we've already discussed, so it hasn't worked out as well. January promised so much because there's, you know, every week there's a constant little hint from somewhere about someone coming in, about transfers happening, about us, I don't know, signing Kiefer Moore, about us signing Bacasitas. Fans have probably been hyped up a little bit and it hasn't, you know, 1st of January kicked in and we didn't sign anyone straight away. Five days in, people are starting to worry. Now we're two weeks into the window. Are fans right to be worried with the state of things at the moment? No, I don't think so personally. Uh, I get it. because, But at the end of the day, like you said, we've got one game now left for the whole of this month. So if it takes time, it takes time. You know, you know, not everything is done early in January. It very rarely is. And they, they go to the end of the month. I think the reason we're panicking is it's because we don't need one or two players. We need four or five. But mm-hmm. I'm not going to start, you know, panicking just yet. Because, you know, a few people are kicking off on Twitter. And you, you've got to remember, like it's, it's a handful of people, a handful of very vocal people kicking off. And... The majority of fans are fairly chilled about it. It's just you don't hear from them because they're not tweeting about it. And just give the, the club time. You haven't had a window we can sign anyone for a fee for a while. It's going to take a little bit of build-up. If, if we're still in the same situation a few days after the Plymouth game, then I think mm-hmm. we're right to be right to be panicking. But I'm, I'm not going to get carried away with it just yet. And I think we just need that one signing to come in through the door just to calm people down a little bit. And I'm hoping then we get a run of them then before the end of the window. Ben, do you agree? In a bit. I, th- I can understand why people are frustrated. 
Um, there's a lot of clubs that have done some really good business. Like, look at some stuff Hull's pulled off. Like, Carvalho is just unreal. I know they're sort of fishing in a different pool to us, but lots of clubs have made dip movements in and around us. I know we've been sort of hand, like strung by the um, embargo and stuff, but the targets sort of were linked with. There was a lot of noise and sort of a lot of things and coming off like bullets comments after the Leeds game. Sort of, I think that's where the panic really set, not panic, but sort of concern setting for me of just, this has gone from him sounding confident stuff will happen to him being hopeful, hopefully stuff will happen. It's a very drastic and sudden move from a bloke who's quite careful with his words. Normally when it comes to transfers, a sort of hoping sort of stuff will come off or yeah, he's, he's quite open with the dialogue there. Like the Kiefer stuff, suddenly it's reliant on Bournemouth to do this and then um, other targets have gone and signed for to clubs in Turkey which all sort of just pile up, don't they? It all just sort of bowls into this sort of just, oh shit, sort of like, it's the perfect oh shit storm. And I can complete. I think some people are overreacting, but I can completely see why people are getting concerned as well, because I'm getting a bit concerned. Um, obviously, Ben, some of the noise comes from within the football club. Um, Bullet hypes up transfers in, in press conferences. He, he, you know, he mentions that they're going to f- sign five or six players. Where some of the other stuff comes from is is social media, comes from rumour websites, comes from everywhere else. Has Bullet been guilty of probably, I don't know, feeding us a little bit too much? Has he kind of raised our expectations with his transfers by saying what he says? You know, he obviously got success with it in the summer when he was talking about Ramsey and talked about, you know, I have transfers up my sleeves. We now, you know... Rightly, people said he wanted four or five, six players. Now it hasn't happened. Has he been guilty of raising people's expectations? I think he's been open and honest. Um, possibly, maybe Which a bit too... Right, as fans. Pardon? It's what we want as fans, isn't it? An open and exactly. honest manager. Yeah. There's, there's nothing worse than sort of people being cryptic and just not giving us anything in press conferences. He's given that reason to be to be hopeful in the past with such stuff like Ram. Even the Kiefer Moore stuff, he said, like, we're working on it. Mm. Um I think it's when the messaging changes from being hopeful, like I said, to now when he's saying, I'm not too sure how much I've got to spend. And it feels like for him, there's frustrations there as well. And they're quite visible. Mm-hmm. It's not like he's hiding these. It's a case, I feel like the goalposts have been moved for him. I feel like FFP and everything around that sort of hasn't helped the situation. And I think this comes down to, and it's been a while since we've sort of dug him out, but I think this comes down to the board and sort of their plan and preparations. Like they've had fuck the board. Go on, Ben, carry on. Results poor on the results poor off the pitch. Uh, yeah, it's time to dig out that the old chestnut in it. But the embargo's been over. They should have worked out and sort of had an idea of what the budget was with regards to FFP and everything like that before January. They should have known what was there to spend. And I'm not saying Bullet's gonna come out and say in press conferences oh yeah, I've got 20 million to spend or I've got £2.50 to spend. But when he's openly going, don't really know what there is, that's a bit of a concern to me. And that sort of makes me feel like that's poor preparation in a time where we should have been ready for it. Um, let's talk about Errol Bullet, Tom, the air elephant in the room. <laughs> um, one of the first tweets we had, go with it, um, about this game was uh, from a brother, Adam. He said, I'm concerned that Bullet won't be here next season after his comments after Leeds. Please tell me I'm wrong. Obviously, the comments after Leeds, he said, we try, we have many names on the list, striker, wing, and midfielder, centre-back, but it's everything about the finances, and I don't know where we are and how we can invest. 
we need new players. I wanted up to six. I had plans, but now I don't know what is happening. I try to make my best for Cardiff until the end of the season with this team or with new players, I hope. But I will try my best for this team until the end of the season. Coupled with his kind of public acknowledgement of the fact he hasn't had contract talks yet. And he's kind of, obviously, I looked it back up. When he was announced, I was pretty sure it was a year up front with another year option. If you look at many of the news reports now, they say the length of the contract wasn't disclosed. Um, are we in danger of potentially pushing away someone like Bullet through being Cardiff City, effectively? Oh, well, we're, yeah, we're always um, not far away from that. But I'm not, again, I'm not getting too concerned with it yet because, you know... Is he publicly we, bargaining, for example? Yeah, I, I think part of it is that. I think you don't want to be shouted about having too much money in the first place with transfers. I think there might be a little bit playing in that at the moment, just to calm it down a little bit. Um, in terms of the contract talks, you know, he was playing it up saying he wanted to sign it like a couple of weeks ago as well. So I'm 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 still not like he, he seems invested. He's moved his life. I, I think it'll be it'd be silly for him to walk away soon, I think, when it, it's a big move to come over here for a job like this. And to be honest, he's been ill as well. So he's probably a yeah. little bit funky. Like it sounds like <laughs> Ill. Um, so you lost something like um, five kilograms, eleven pounds. Yeah, yeah. Like, like I think you, you've got to remember that. What illness did you have, Errol? Help us out. But like you've got to remember, the human beings as well. They're going to be cranky yeah. if they've been ill. They're going to have a bad day at work. You've just been battered by leads, you know. And then we're kind of like hanging on every word and saying, "Oh, he's saying hope rather than expecting and things like that." And there might be something in it, but there also might not be. So I'm trying not to hang on that one press conference when we just got battered by a team we don't like. So, you know, it, let's see what he's saying. If he's consistently saying the same messages over the next week or so, we might be in a bit of bother. But at the moment, I'm trying to stay calm because a lot of people around around us aren't staying calm at the moment. Um, ben, do you have any worries about Bullet leaving? Yeah, and I don't think, like Tom's sort of saying, it's silly for him to walk this doesn't feel like it'd be a case of him walking. It'll feel like a case of the board shitting themselves and thinking this isn't working. They're not sticking to the plan. I feel like there was so much built up in the summer on his arrival of this is a project, this will take a bit of time, let's go for it. This is a real, we're back in, we're committed from the board. You know, Vincent Tan's having another go. He's well up for this. He's well bought in. Suddenly when you get into January, the manager's not sure if he's going to be here next year. It doesn't, there's no money, the money's not what they thought it was for transfer. Suddenly it makes me think, mm, perhaps Vincent's not as bought into this as he said he was. Perhaps he's having second doubts. And that's where it becomes a problem. And that's sort of where my concerns more are. I don't think it's a case, I think Bullet's quite happy. He quite, seems to have a real good rapport with the fans, seems to like the area, seems to love the Queen's Vaults, and who can blame him? Um, yeah. So let's, it's, let's throw it's, some pool balls at some rugby players. All for that. All for that. Spills the sambuca on the pool tables. Love your job. But it's not him that's the issue in this. Again, it's back to the board, isn't it? It's back to those useless pricks. Fuck the board. Uh, ben, you invented a new phrase then. Did you did you catch it? What new phrase you invented? What did I say then? Second thoughts. Or second second doubts or second you thoughts? Said you said second doubts. Yeah, second you might doubt. second doubts. Yeah, I might yeah, be why, second, second. Why thought. are you picking him out for that now? Come on, it's funny. I just because he's done it before with revolving doors. Revolving doors. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Ben Price um, thesaurus. Um, it makes sense. Yeah, in my head I, at least, I, 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 which is a dangerous place. Um, 
Tom, does, does some of this lead back to fans filling in the blanks? Now, we know the communication from the club isn't the best at the best of times. Um, there's been, you know, Vincent Tan came in and, and was at the ground before, or was at the game before, um, over Christmas. Um, all of a sudden, he's gone again. All of a sudden, there's talk of, you know, well, rumours of, of new scouts being at the Vale, which obviously uh, became something else, which we'll talk about in a sec. Um, you know, there's no statements from Dalman. There's no real communication from the hierarchy apart from Bullet. Are fans just jumping to conclusions because of that lack of information that comes from the club? Yeah, people just go a bit mad doing like transfer windows anyway. And I get it, right? We've been waiting for a window where we can sign people properly for a while. And it's been built up since November, you know, mm-hmm. by like, by us as well, to be honest. You know, I think at times we were excited for it. I think we were all pinning we our We've talked about more base every week on this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And like, I think like we have, Sorry, as a fan base, been, we've been pinning our hopes on this. So I, I get why people are getting a little bit frustrated halfway through. But I don't expect a huge amount of communication, like from the board and stuff, mm-hmm. until signings happen. I don't think that really happens anywhere. But like, I, I do understand the concern, especially, you know, we have got quite a vocal fan base when it comes into, you know, filling in the blanks and saying they know stuff and things like that. So I get why people run away with it a little bit. Um, but, you know, if we're, in, like I said before, if we're, we're in the same situation in a week's time and we haven't signed anyone, then I would expect communication from someone in the club to explain what's going on because something's not quite right then. Ben, is this is this just a slight overreaction to us getting battered by Leeds, losing to Sheffield Wednesday, not having a good couple of games, obviously coupled with the transfer window. If we're looking ahead to Plymouth, Plymouth's our last game of the month. If we beat Plymouth and then sign a couple of players, things will be looking a million times better, won't they? Yeah, I think it's more bringing the bodies in. I think everyone can see that right now this squad needs new life. It needs fresh blood in it. It's just not happening for us right now. And everyone needs that lift, I think. Like the summer, you think back to sort of even like November, towards the end of November, things are really optimistic. Like it was Mm -hmm. a bit of a, it wasn't a great December, but January so far has been rotten because we were sort of, we got through December, sort of the end of November, sort of thinking, right, when it comes to January, we'll get new people in, we'll get new people in, everything's going to be all right come January. We've been pinning our hopes on this window, like Tom said, and sort of building it up since, well, realistically, since the last window closed. It's Yeah, been, because we knew it, this was the embargo-less window. Yeah, it's okay, we've got January, we've got January. And since then, nothing's happened, and it's just gone a bit flat on all fronts. It, yeah, it's a bit of an overreaction, but that's the point. I, I can totally see why people are getting a bit squeaky with it. I dread to think what we. I dread to think what it would be like if we'd lost the QPR on New Year's Day as well. Yeah, at least yeah. we've got that in our pocket for January. I think like if we'd gone on a real run of losing games, then it could be a, another level of meltdown. But you know, I think this is where it's kind of. You can look at the table and we're three points off the playoffs. I have no idea how we're still in touching distance to the playoffs. It's, it's, it's a ridiculous league, isn't it? It's, it's madness. I think we've got to kind of step back. I know we've said it a few times, but like we've got to step back and say, look, we're still in this playoff picture despite what's going on. So I think we can afford to be a little bit patient in this window for, like for another week or so because we're not going to find ourselves cut adrift if we don't sign anyone over the next week. So that I'm, I'm kind of pinning my hopes onto that at the moment, you know, that we're, we're still in with a shout despite how we're playing at the moment. I don't think, um, for me, playoffs on. aren't the issue. 
I, 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 I'm, I still like we could be third on the last day of the window, and I still don't think we'd get playoffs in my head for some reason. I'm not in that sort of camp at the moment. Thinking like even with the injection of like fresh blood, we'll get, we'll get sort of playoffs. It's more I want to see like we were really enjoying just seeing this club actually move forward a little bit. I just want to see some progress, and I feel like with the performances and everything going on, it feels like we've taken a step back from where we, that like the huge optimism, sort of like that fresh go that we had in set like in in the summer. That's where my sort of concerns are. Like the playoffs are a bonus if we made them. To be honest, like, I I saw one of the one of the questions later is talking about like going up could be the worst thing we could do, and I completely agree. I just want to see proper progress because right now I'm not seeing a huge difference on the field between the team that finished last year performance wise and this team now. It's a bit of a worry that sort of where we've gone backwards a bit now. I want I to see. That's, I think that's a little. Bit. I think it's we're still sort of like. I, th- I think the performances, like the Leeds game especially, was as bad as anything last year. And I, d- I don't disagree. I just think, I think the progress is there for all to see. And I think what we, and I understand what you're saying, but at the same time, we're fighting the still with one hand behind, tied behind our back because we're playing with half a squad. Yeah. But, you know, we're not, we're not chopping and changing like other teams can. If you're someone like Hull, now all of a sudden you can drop, you know, Philogene's injured. Who have they signed? Fabio Carvalho. Um, you know, they're, they're signed. We're not doing that just yet. And I know what you're saying. I think some of the performances have been lacking, but I think we still have to take that step back and go, we're five steps forward to where we were last year. Last year felt like a sinking ship. This feels like a team on the up, even though some of the performances are bad. From from last year we're ahead, but sort of compared, to, like, like we said before, the squad's weaker now than it was on the 1st of Jan. That's where the frustrations grow with me. Like Even if they weren't playing, they weren't contribute, contributing much, Like there were still options that possibly could have come good. Now we don't have those options. Um, and that's sort of where it's a step back and that's where the concerns are for me and like yeah it's just something's got to happen soon because it's eroding the good feeling the optimism around the club the thing is that's only a step back for the last like five days and I think this is where we get a bit get carried away with this kind of doom and gloom sometimes because you know yes a couple of players have gone if we're in this situation at the end of the month then completely fair enough but it takes time sometimes to transition I think you know, it, it's good sometimes that you get the players out the door that you know are not going to play a part in the rest of the yeah. season. That's fine. I think, like, we've got one game between now and the end of the window. So that I think that's fine. We can afford to take a step back if it is only for seven to ten days. But I, I completely understand the frustration because I think there's always that worry in the back of your head as a Cardiff fan that we're not going to come good by the end of this window. And until we see it, then we're not going to believe it, which I get. But I'm just trying not to fall into that trap just yet. I think we've seen this so many times. That's yeah. my worry. Yeah, I, I, I still, I'm still retaining optimism, and I think your your point about Panzo, um, I, I get it. He is an option, but he's only played 80 minutes in four league games this year. So I get, like, it. I get we're not, not we're not going to miss it. We'll miss Ugbo more than we miss him, which is, I think, what people don't really realise yet. Yeah, because Ugbo has scored more goals than um, Mate. And he scored more goals than Callum Robertson at the moment. And I know Ugbo is a bit of a hit and miss footballer, and you never know exactly what you're going to get with him. But that goal against Preston showed that he's a decent finisher when the ball gets to him in the box. I think half the problem was we never got the ball in the box to him. Yeah. We expected him to do all the dog work and never get any of the glory off the off the end of it. Um so I know what you're saying about the, the players leaving and stuff, but I, I still think that 
those players are leaving are crucial to us because if we're talking FFP, if we're talking about finance profitability, I don't understand those rules, but it feels like we need to ship people out before we can get them in. And I still think, I just, people like Sawyers, people like Abu Adams, people like Marlon Romeo, they're not really going to get a look in between now and the end of the season. Do we have to shift them out before we sign players? I don't know, really know what the state of play is because I don't understand finances. Um, Tom, obviously, Twitter has become, yeah, it's been a wash this week with with pessimism. Um, was it, you know, should we all just go outside and touch grass? Is that the problem? Are we all just too obsessed with Twitter and our phones? <laughs> That's a deep question. But yeah, probably. I think we're always on there looking for an answer, like something's going to properly crop up, but... Some yeah, Turkish I... account's going to tweet something and we're all going to go, oh, we're saying yeah. Hassan Sass. Yeah, like we were saying last week, like then spend like the next half hour on Wikipedia learning everything about them, only for them yeah. to sign for like a second division Turkish team or something. But like, yeah, I think we just... Our, our fan base just going into meltdown at the moment, like well, a certain faction of it. Uh, and I don't know, even when things have been quite good this year, I feel like the atmosphere like around our fan base hasn't quite been there. Like, I don't know what it is. I think... We're, well, I think we're all just a little bit worried it's going to go to shit very quickly. And I don't know whether we kind of like take on a little bit of responsibility of, as fans not to just stoke the fires as much as we do because we just make it worse for ourselves and we just rile each other up and then we're, we're bound to be disappointed by the end of it. And I know the club have done some completely shit things in the past and it's not built on nothing, our pessimism. It's completely right that it's there, but I just don't think we help ourselves at times. Ben, do you think our fans again? I, I always I always struggle with this question because it's like we're so embedded in our own fan base that we see the nuances and we see these little changes in people's reactions. Do you think Cardiff fans are particularly? I, I, I don't even know if this. We're so hot and cold. We're either the best team in the world or we're the worst team in the world. We're either going to get promoted or we're going to get relegated, and it changes when we win games and lose games. Right? There are games, you know, when we beat. We beat QPR, all of a sudden, everyone's buzzing. Best team in the world. When we lose to Leeds, it's like the world's caved in. I don't think that's unique to us. I think it's very... That's right, I always struggle with it. I just, I think we're bad because I see it every day. Yeah, I sort of look, look at, like, them down the road and sort of, we're the sort of emotional rollercoaster they've been on the last few months. They've gone from being the worst team in the world under uh, Duff to the greatest football team that's ever played under Williams in Luke a matter Williams. of, like, three days. Um, and then in a few weeks it'll be the same I think it's just the sort of it's the YouTuber sort of social media you know the thumbnails oh my god this is the worst thing ever sort of thing and I don't I and that, that might be harsh I don't think it's quite unique to before I, I still think to my uncle sometimes who got me into Cardiff like his reactions to some of the Cardiff results they were either a class or they were the worst thing, the worst thing in the world and yeah. that was like when they made the playoffs so like yeah yeah Football, it's, it's a football fans that were very up and down. Um, but like the fans are still there. Like the, the Leeds game was it 27,000? Yeah, that's decent. Like second biggest sold out in Limith already. Yeah, sold out. Like the support's there. The atmosphere wasn't there at the Leeds game, I will say that. But the players gave yeah. absolutely nothing to sing about. So that's on the players as much as it is on the fans. It's freezing cold. You put in, there's no sort of desire from the, or like there's nothing, no energy coming from the on the pitch. You're not going to get in the crowd. But the numbers are there. Like the club's still got that support base if they want to tap into it. And people want the club to do well. 
and they yeah. want to, they want this to go well. It's not a case of sort of wanting to battle against the club and go against what the club's doing. Um, but yeah, it's just it's not a unique thing of these fans sort of being up and down. Is it? It's not just us, which is reassuring and mental. I think as a, as a club as well, we're a big enough club that we garner a lot of attention. Like because like we've kind of got like BBC Wales that gives a lot of focus. We get a lot of focus compared to other clubs, but yeah. when it's small enough that we can name a lot of our fans. So yeah. it's like a re- it's like a really weird mix of like having that constant attention on us, but then seeing the same names popping up, saying the same. Yeah, so I think that's it's that melting pot that kind of really kind of breeds this kind of atmosphere. Sometimes that people get really carried away and think snowball. So I think we are kind of unique in that way. I think the Welsh clubs in general are because we've got like a national media on three three or four clubs. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about some of the movements we've seen in the window so far uh, before getting on to the Twitter questions from our adoring listeners. Um, obviously, um, Tom, we've seen I've got Pan's gone and Ugbo gone. Uh, it doesn't really work for Ugbo, but Pan's gone works. I quite like that. Um, Pan, Panzo was always going to go, wasn't he? Uh, were you surprised by Ugbo going? No, not really. In the end, I think he was getting less and less. parties, doesn't it? Yeah, he was getting less and less game time. I think he was a focal point for us early in the season, but I think Atete's improved massively. And I think they've kind of just over, like, I think he's just overtaken him in the packing order. Yeah. So, and I still don't think we see Atete as our main striker. So I think you're hoping to bring someone in, Atete slot in as that two, and then you don't need Ugbo. You know, I think it could be risky if we don't bring anyone in. But I think, you know, if I was Ugbo, I'd want to be going to get football somewhere else. And I don't think we were going to be battling too hard to keep him in and around the squad. Uh, ben, do you envisage ball to the face Runnison um, leaving soon as well? I did until he was back on the bench against Leeds and suddenly I'm thinking, oh, he's sticking around then. Um, yeah. I feel like if he was going to go, he'd have been recalled already. I feel like they they tend to be the moves that sort of, you get recalled early on and then you go out on loan later in the window. Sort of like we've seen with Eli King this week. Sort of recalled quite early and then gone to... Uh, Ross County the Wrexham um, fans have been quite interesting because they've got um, is it the, uh, the, the goalkeeper from Arsenal Quanquo I think his yeah. name is um, he apparently had to be recalled by midnight tonight if they were if Arsenal were going to recall him I don't know where that information's come from but it was quite prominent on Twitter they said if he was going to get recalled at any point it's today and I wonder if we've got a similar agreement with Runnison yeah there's probably I'd imagine there's tends to be time timelines on these things doesn't there or if, yeah. if they can recall him a certain, like, or we can send him back and we have to pay a certain fee by this date or whatever. But, um, yeah, sadly, I think he's a, a he's one of the ones sticking around. I think, yeah, but like they had to get keepers. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Like, if we haven't got anyone lined up, we can't go sending him back because we just yeah. haven't got any depth there. So, until, unless someone's coming in through the door, we, we can't really send him back. And he's not terrible, he's not great, but we've had worse keepers in recent years, in my opinion. He's cover. He's he's fine as someone. If the if something happened to Almerk, I almost said Smithies then for some reason. Oh, <laughs> that's him. You miss him, yeah. Um, if, um, yeah happens at Almerk, but keepers not. I think like looking at where we need to strengthen right now, keeper isn't the priority. So yeah, no. I'm I'm fine with him sticking around. Actually thinking about it because it just means one less priority sort of position we'd have to focus on. Um, Tom, one of the rumours uh, before we came on to record this, Devante Cole is being linked with a move to either us, Hull or uh, Huddersfield. Huddersfield, was, yeah. Three. Um, 15 goals, I think, in 25 games this season. Um, 
28 years old, um, having pretty much his breakout season at Barnsley. I don't think he's performed particularly well before that. Um, does that transfer fill you with any kind of excitement? I think if he was a younger player... That is a no. Well, yeah, I think like if that was his, like, his breakthrough season early in his career, then I'd be quite excited by it. But he's played championship football before, and I think mm. he scored like one goal in 24. And like... Ben Price is wikipedia it now because I can see <laughs> copied and pasted the name. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, if he's, if he's scoring goals at that level and consistently, then you would be excited by that. And I think it's just we've done this in the past and it hasn't worked, but we've also done it with, like, someone like Kiefer Moore, who wasn't, like, absolutely relentless before he signed for us and then he kicked on. So, and, you know, he was fairly late into his 20s as well. But I don't know. I don't think he's the type of player we need. Like watching him, I, I don't think he's got a kind of that work rate and kind of holds the ball up as well as some other players. But I, I'm not going to lie, I haven't seen a huge amount of him. But it's, I, I don't think it's the type of striker that we need at the moment. No, and I've seen a few, a few Barnsley fans were quite critical of him, even when he was scoring goals earlier in the season. Um, so I don't really know how good he is. Um, Ben, the final point, um, on the card of City Meltdown before we move on to Twitter, um. Some some kind of sneaked out good news today from Instagram. Um, the, the the hiring of our new, um, according to Transfer Market, uh, please sponsor us, I guess, Chief Scout, um, Andre uh, Fachenkov. Uh, he says lead scout on his Instagram, so I'm going to go with that. I'll check his LinkedIn in a bit. I'm sure it'll say scouting director or something like that. Um, he's been all over. He's been at a few interesting clubs. He was at um, PAOK. He was at Shakhtar Donetsk. Um, kind of snuck him in through the door a little bit, didn't we? Yeah, I think it's it's a smart move. We're looking to sort of really push that European market, sort of explore those new routes. We need someone that knows those areas, sort of worked in, mm-hmm. like especially work for big clubs. So like Athens, AK Athens and stuff. Some big, big clubs there that he sort of scouted for. So yeah, I think it's a smart move. Um, there's only so many times like Tony from Tonner Evan can uh, scouts and sort of look on Football Manager and go, oh, I think this lad's all right before we sort of like have to start thinking about upgrading it. So yeah, all for it. Um and Tom, you know, talking about bullet leaving, bullet going, whatever it may be, is hiring someone like that a show of faith in the current regime? I'd like to think so, yeah. I think what we've seen is we've had, you know, a managerial outfit come in who've done fairly well, especially with like attracting talent in markets we're not normally looking at. So bringing in a scout you know, who's going to do the same thing shows that they're kind of backing what's going on. And, you know, when you when you mentioned earlier on, the likes of like Hull, who will, can blow us out of the water at the moment in terms of like wages and signing on, we need to be looking at different markets and, you know, different leagues. So, yeah, I'm all for it. I think I'm always a little bit excited when you have a complete unknown like this come into this, in, into the setup. You know, it could go, it could, you know, go, go completely wrong, but, you know, it's still exciting and you, we might see some absolute gems coming through the door. Yeah, well, I, I've completely um, kind of skipped over this because um, obviously it hasn't been officially um, announced yet, all that kind of stuff. But then um, talk is that we're signing um, Rayotaro Tusunoda from uh, Yokohama F. Marinos, um, probably one of the biggest clubs in Japan, um, loaning him out to Korchik, Korchik, sorry, for the rest of the season. Um, Parent Bullet basically confirmed it in his press conference after the game. Core trick for his, um, you know, if everyone's played football manager, his, his work permit. Um, I looked it up, he's only got five points of the required 15 at the moment to, to be eligible to play. That shows that we're shopping in new markets, doesn't it, Ben? 
yeah, what was it 2006 we last signed someone from Japan? Inamoto, he was here um, 2005, 2006. Yeah, so it's been a while. Um, again, didn't, um, didn't Kibo Kyung from, come from Japan? I know he's Korean, but you've signed him from the Japanese league, I think. Anyway, carry on, sorry, man. No, I think he's from K, wasn't he K League? I'm going to look it up now. Carry on talking. Have a look. I think he went to J League then. But um, yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting one. It's nice to see after ten years we're starting to use that sort of option in Belgium to sort of see if we can make the most of it. It's taken us a while after to find. Tan sold the club or whatever. It's still. I so still don't know who works. He's still got it. Apparently, the truck. The yeah, it's no. Fucking wild. So um, yeah, just a weird one all round. Um, but yeah, look, it's a smart. It, it's an interesting one. They seem, they seem to play quite a bit for. 20 odd games over the last couple of years over both seasons uh, team of the season last year in in the J League I think yeah so it could it could be a genius move could be a disaster we'll never see him again but I he's been released by the clip by his club so it doesn't seem like it's a case of like there's a transfer fee or anything involved so it's worth it yeah go. maybe he just left um, Kimbo Kyung was signed from a Japanese club I was right you were wrong Sereto uh, uh, Osaka um, I'd just like to show that I'm right, Tom. Uh, let's move on to Twitter. Um, I thought this was going to be a short pod, 50 minutes in. Still quite a lot to get through. <laughs> uh, Twitter, um, Gareth Dunning, the manner of defeat, not the fo- defeat itself, is most fans' issue the last two home games. It's never been our DNA as a club, fan base, or people from South Wales. Work hard, fight for everything. If that's not enough, then it's accepted. Don't roll over and accept defeat. Uh, Dan Lages says, as much as I'm frustrated with the lack of change in approach in recent weeks, we have to remember where we were last season. Back the manager, invest in the squad, get some stability. Terry Hansen, to get 37 points at this stage of the season with those players is amazing. I doubt a few of our players will be brought by any other team. Maybe discussed manager makes little difference and said the players are overachieving. Idris Merry, uh, great name. Worst performance of the season. Brought a couple of mates to the game that aren't regulars. They won't be coming back in a hurry. Uh, Bullet needs a long-term deal ASAP to give us stability. Would also help with recruitment from his network in Turkey. Needs to be backed in this window. I don't really understand. Oh, uh, Matt J, CCFC. I don't really understand how in early December, Tan and the board can fly in to discuss with Bullet's January's aims and budgets. Yet we're in mid-Jan and suddenly Bullet doesn't know what budget he has to work with. Also, the first time I've considered he could walk or leave by next year. Simon Keane says, we know the table doesn't lie in Jan, but God, that was grim. Good or bad? What do you think happens over the next four weeks? Uh, ben, what do you think happens over the next four weeks? Uh, people get upset on Twitter. Um, I'll still have a cold. And someone will sign for someone. That's a pretty spot on take. Um, Adam Tibbs, strong words maybe, but going up this season would be disastrous, would be way too early. Tie bullet down, get a striker, maybe one or two others in, finish strong in the top half and build for the playoff push next season. Um, Abs Bluebird, normal take, we badly need some new players. Left back forward, CAM, also back the manager. Richard Endicott says it's a really strong championship with Leeds, Leicester and Southampton likely to stay up if they go up. Ipswich and West Brom strong too. Unusually weak Premier League, Sheffield United, Burnley, Luton, etc. Next year will be better. 10 points from safety, that's all I care about. Um, Huey the Bluey, this one's for you, Tom. Which would you rather, eat a spoonful of warm dog shit or have your chairman announce an exciting new future, only discover a few months later that the um, football fair play computer says no and it's back, uh, financial fair play, and it's back to trying to turn Wintel into Maradona? I switched off after spoonful of dog shit. To be honest with you, um, so you can I'll go with the, I'll, 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 no, I'll go with the long-winded bit afterwards. <laughs> Mike Jones, new blood, fresh legs, desperately needed. Harry Dickens, I at the very least feel more positive about my purchase of a Rinomoto match-worn shirt after Saturday's second half. Listen, mate, you never know, Mike, what will happen next season. Don't count your chickens too yet. 
And does anyone want a Jack Simpson match-worn shirt? Um, Welsh Mafia, it's not normal and folk need to calm down. Let's wait until the end of the window to criticise the transfer window. Oliver Reese, top man. Over-the-top reaction as per with our fans. It really isn't as bad as people make out. Perspective has to be taken here. I'm genuinely embarrassed by half our fan base on Twitter lately. Toxic is putting it nightly. Nightly. Um, John Williams said, what are your thoughts on the comments from the manager on Saturday regarding his contract and transfer window? Sound like he's being treated like a mushroom. Um, I'm not sure how you get treated like a mushroom. Um, <laughs> any clarification there? Appreciated. Squeezed in the middle, I guess. Is it a Tan versus Dalman thing or is it an insurance payday that hasn't happened that's causing financial problems? Um, and that was it for Twitter.com. Um, get all your tweets in Twitter. Uh, at VFT Ninian. Um, shout out to Glenn Williams, who deactivated his Twitter today because he couldn't be asked dealing with it anymore. Hope you see you back on Twitter soon because you're the best Cardiff journalist we've had in seasons, years. Um, you're generally open with the fans, and I think it's great. So we hope to see you back soon. Right, quiz before we talk about Plymouth. Um, it's a really simple quiz, lads. Um, Jonathan Panzo left the club after only playing 80 minutes in the championship this season. Three players have played less minutes than Panzo in the league this season. Can you name those three players? Three players. For... Okay. In the league. In the league. Okay. In the league. This is the key thing. Um, there's three players who played less minutes than Jonathan Panzo. So he's played 80 minutes over four games. Sawyers. Keep them coming. You've got three players to guess. I'm not going to confirm until you've. Give oh, me three God. names. Soyuz is one. Who else have we got? Did anyone play before we sent them out on loan or anything? Well, you're getting close with that. Kane? Matthew Turner. Who's Matthew Turner, mate? The keeper. third choice keeper. He's not played. No. He oh, so played? Played. played, sorry, right. Yeah, pl- played. What do you say then, Tom? Eli King. Nope, he hasn't played. Okay. He's not been in the squad, I don't think. Because he, no. he went... This he went is... out early, yeah. Adams? No, he played quite a bit. Them. He played, <sighs> yeah, he played. You've got Sawyers. Sawyers is in the bag. You've got two more to get. Oh, right. So I was... Okay. Um, Kieran Evans? God, lads, this is shocking. This is quite hard. That's why. Yeah. It'll be easy. I can give you a clue for one of them, but you'd get it in a heartbeat. No, not yet, Dan. We've talked about one of them quite a lot in this episode. Run him up to There you go. You've got one more to get. We just we've thought you would have more than that. We've mentioned oh, him yeah. as well. Jack Simpson. Jack Simpson. Jack Simpson played the least. 13 minutes. I presume it was only against Leicester because it was one game. Roman Romain Sawyers, uh, Roman Sawyers, Romain Sawyers, 27 minutes over two games. And Andy Rinomata has played 56 minutes over two games in the league. Um, Jonathan Panzo played 80 minutes, so he was the next. Then it jumps. Abu Adams, 304 minutes. Marlon Romeo, 343 minutes. Odauda, miraculously, played 360 minutes. He played every minute of every game he's played in, four games. Six weeks he's out for as well, isn't he? Still. I miss him so much. <laughs> More difference he'd make. Uh, great quiz, Ben. Thanks very much. Right, moving on to Plymouth. Uh, Plymouth on Saturday, Tom Phillips. Um, sold out. A um, lot of idiots going down to Plymouth on a cold Saturday in January, uh, us included. Um, I said it earlier, I'll ask you again. If we win here, we've got 10 days to the end of the month with no football where transfers can take place. If we win here, do things all of a sudden start looking a bit better? 
Yeah, so kind of worse. Um, yeah, a win, a win away from home. <laughs> um, like a win away from home in this league, you know, things always look better after it. And I think we were quite lucky at home against them. Um, we could have won that game, could have lost that game. So I, I think it's going to be a really interesting one down there because they're much better at home than they are away as well. So, yeah. um, you know, they, they've got a couple of dangerous players and it could do with a Whitaker playing again. You know, he's in some form for them. But I'd like us to show up because, you know, we were, we were poor against Leeds. We were, re, you know, we got hammered away at Sheffield Wednesday. So it feels like we need a little bit of a turning point. And this could potentially be a nice one in front of what will be a pretty good away end, you know. I think I think that's the exciting thing about a game like this. Our fan base are excited about this because we haven't been there for so long, and these are the games I really look forward to as a fan. So hopefully, the fans get going from minute one, and the players do exactly the same. Um, ben, are you kind of heartened by the fact that they've lost a few players over the last month? Obviously, a few loanees have, have left them. I think uh, Finazaz has gone. Um, who was making him tick? Um, another player whose name I think Brian Hardy, I think his name is, has gone as well. Um, it's obviously going to be a slightly different team from the team that we played a month ago um, or less than a month ago. Does that does that fill you with optimism? That gives me a little bit, but I've just looked at the home form. They're they're the seventh best home team in the league. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's um, they're a good side at home. But yeah, like you said. They've lost a lot of players, well, like c- crucial players. It's not like it's players like for us that have gone back from being on loan and being recalled that have sort of not played. They've lost players that were really important to what they do and sort of how they've played, mm-hmm. at, especially at home. Um, I feel like a lot of like the support and like the the balls into Whitaker suddenly with the players they've lost don't seem like they might have happened as much. So we've got to be buoyed by that and sort of take that and hope that that plays a huge factor in it, to be honest, because... Yeah, it could be a disappointing away trip for a lot of fans that don't deserve. And it's weird, isn't it? The the trip. It feels like it's a close home game, but even from Cardiff, it's still three and a half hours. Fucking miles away. It's a so weird far. one, but it feels close. And they're called home park as well. It's not home. It's away. <laughs> Ridiculous. Um, Tom, any changes you'd make? Would you give Rinamotta a go from the start? Um, he's impressed. He was. I thought he was very good at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, he was good against Leeds when he came on. Would you give him a go from the start or would you keep it as is for now? Possibly. I, th- I think he might be the only one, really. Um, possibly give Colwell a run out as well. I, 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 I just wanted to get at the team. You know, like, I was sitting off and trying to catch teams isn't working at the moment. So we've got to try something different. So, I think we've got to start with a bit of impetus and get at them. They, you know, they're not going to be full of confidence at the moment, Plymouth either. You know, it's a bit disjointed down there from from you know all all the movement and stuff. So I wouldn't mind us just having a go because yeah, our current ploys aren't really working out. So, but the problem is we haven't got that much you know depth to kind of mm. we could do tactics, but we can't really tweak personnel that much. The only options we got is someone like you know Colwell, Tanner, maybe Rinamotta, but that's about it really. Well, Rawls went off injured, didn't he? So there's going to be changes in midfield. So yeah. I don't think he's going to be back in time. Um, even if I, he is, I don't really want to see the same three. I don't want to see that flat midfield for, three, for a game like this. I and I vaguely understand it for Leeds. I wouldn't understand if he played it for this. I think someone said Rawls potentially wasn't injured. It was a precaution and he might be back for this weekend. I don't know. I just see so much shit on Twitter and I just don't know who says what. It just this goes in my head and I just repeat it and I should stop doing that. Um, Tom, uh, what's going to be the score? I think we'll win 2 1. Ben, what's the uh, weather? I'll go, 
No, no, weather for you. I'm asking you about the weather. Oh, weather? Cold? Yeah. Really fucking cold. cold. All right, let's have a look what the weather's saying. I, I think it's meant to get warmer. I think it's meant to go up to about 11, 12 degrees with a bit of rain on Saturday. Whoa. I thought if I've... Look at Derek Brockway here. Saturday is nine degrees in Plymouth with strong winds and rain. Uh, Lovely. Wind, the wind, according to the BBC, by midday, it's going to be 40 miles an hour. Oh, it's a leveller. That's what you want to see. <laughs> it's going to be a mental <laughs> game of football. Oh, God, why are we going to this? Gusty winds from the south-southwest. Not the south-southeast or the south-south-north. South-southwest. No, Ben, what's your score prediction? Uh, 3-1. Ooh, to who? Uh, Cardiff. Yeah. All right, I'm going to go. We're going to win two. Why am I saying 3 1? We're, we're seeing how we've played the last few weeks. Yeah. What am I on about? 1 0. We've got to give a team a spanking at some point. It could be Plymouth in the wind. No, we don't. 1 um, 0, right. I'm going. I've changed my mind. Well, we've all gone for a win, so that's very nice. Um, that's it. Another episode of View from the Ninian in the bag. Um, it was a good one, I think. We got a lot of our frustrations out on the on the episode and we're better people for it. Um, so thanks for listening, guys. And thanks for joining me, Tom and Ben. Thank you to Cardiff Classic Shirts for sponsoring us as usual. Thank you to everyone who gets involved on Twitter, twitter.com or x.com forward slash VFT Ninian. Um, if you like what we do and want to give us some money, Kofi, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian. We'll probably be back after the Plymouth game where hopefully we'll have won and signed a player. See you then. They may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny Sports Social Podcast Network